1: The third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, next on Times of Refreshing. Join us. More often than not, he's the most misunderstood person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Today, we're going to spend some time looking at 2 Corinthians, chapter 13, verses 11 through 14, and a message simply called Communion of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be in communion with the Holy Spirit? What does it look like, and how do you and I, as believers in Christ, benefit from this communion? Well, these are questions we hope to answer for you today and tomorrow, here on Times of Refreshing from the Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. In 2 Corinthians 13, our teacher and pastor now, Pastor Napoleon.
2: One one thing that I I realized as a pastor um, in leading God's people, doing it by yourself, you you cannot do this in your own strength. If you try to pastor a church, if you try to go forth and do something for God in any capacity, um, without God's participation, without the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, it'll destroy you. It'll kill you. There's so much pressure. There's so many demons. There's so many things that come at you. But I thank God that Jesus said that he would send a paraclete. He would send a helper. He would send the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Who would lead and guide us into all truth, that would impart to us wisdom, would give us insight. And so uh, I want to consistently talk about the presence of the Spirit of God uh, within this church. Because without him, we can't make it in this world. You turn on the television, there's all kinds of things going on. There's, there's all kinds of mess going on in our culture and in our communities, in our cities, and in some cases even in our homes. And we need the presence of the Holy Spirit to help and lead and guide and help and encourage and strengthen us as we go through this life. And so, woe be it to any ministry that does not welcome the presence of the Spirit of God, does not give time for the presence of the Spirit of God. That's one of the reasons why we worship so long here in the church. Some people say, man, I've never worshiped. Well, the reason why we just kind of just go, and we'll even on praise, prayer, and healing services, going, we're going to be really, really going. Amen? The reason why we do this is because we want to welcome the Spirit of God. We want Him to feel comfortable in our midst. We want to create a, an atmosphere and a climate that just invokes His presence And the manifestation of His presence. And so for all of us, we want to embrace this. Because not just at church, but when you get in your car, when you're at your home, your home should be a sanctuary, a place where the presence of God is. And God feels welcome in your midst. Amen? And so we want to cultivate that type of atmosphere for our church, but in our personal lives. The Holy Spirit, He is, as we walk through this life, He has to be and have preeminence in our lives as we're going through life. lives. He's the one that gives us revelation concerning Jesus Christ. He gives us insight into the minds of God. He takes the deep things of God and he reveals them to us. He should be with us, in us, abiding, dwelling. We should love his presence. And we should try to live in a, in a way that makes him feel welcome in our lives. Amen. A lot of times we're thinking about our comfort, but does the Holy Spirit feel comfortable around you? Can I have an amen? Amen. And so this is what we want to do. And we have to cultivate... And enjoy the communion of the Holy Spirit. I talked about this years ago. I want to revisit this because in this church, when people come in, I want them to be blessed by all of the, you know, the stuff we got and the way, how beautiful the place looks, all the other stuff. But I want people to walk in the door and feel the presence. Can I have an amen? You walk in and you feel, you feel a little lighter when you walk in. The presence of the Lord. Amen? Amen? Apostle Paul embraced this with his ministry. He knew that it was there was the spirit of God who, who empowered him and gave him the strength that he that he had to do everything they did in the midst of great hardship and pain and trouble, pressure, life, issues, kicked out of city, stoned, talked about, lied on, criticized, ridiculed, people came behind him, twisted his words, said he said things he didn 't say all these things, but yet. He knew that it was the power and the presence of the Spirit of God that was helping him endure every single thing that he encountered in his life. And so, as he's talking to the church of Corinth that was steeped in all kinds of perversions, church that was, well, let me rephrase that, that was around all kinds of perversion, and some of these perversions had seeped into the church. He says this in his benediction. He says it in verse 11. He says, finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. He says, greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. Then look at verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14. Look what it says. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ... And the love of God. And the what? Communion. And the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. He says, Amen. This is his closing. Communion. The commune or common union, as I say it often. Communion means common union. We're sharing in something. We're participating in something. The Holy Spirit is with me and I am in, with him. And we come together on on, uh, on common ground based on the fact that um, he is bringing revelation concerning who Jesus Christ is into the world. And I'm willing to receive this revelation. So that puts us in on, on common ground. So we have a common union based on the fact that Jesus died, he buried, he went to the grave. And then through my accepting this truth and uh, repenting of my sins, I give him access into my life. And now we have a common union. There's communion. And this communion is not just a one-time event. It's not just something that we do every now and then. It becomes your lifestyle. That you're constantly in tune with the Spirit of God in your life. Whether you're at the grocery store or you're, you know, walking the dog. Whatever you're doing. I have common union. We are flowing together, if you will. And so for all of us, we want to embrace this. Apostle Paul shared this with them because this was his lifestyle. And I think for us... We have to start thinking more about Him and less about ourselves. And I say that because He's coming to make you feel comfortable, but are you coming to make Him feel comfortable? Because the Bible says we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can reject the Holy Spirit. We can stop His flow in our lives. And so we want to make sure that the same way he's trying to make me feel comfortable in his presence, I want to try to do the best I can to make the Holy Spirit feel comfortable in my presence. And I want to commune with him daily, hourly, minute by minute, and second by second. Amen? And this is important because understand the culture and understand what Apostle Paul was dealing with. Not only is there a Holy Spirit, but the Bible says that there are unclean spirits. These are disembodied spirits, what we tend to call, the Bible calls demons, that get into people's lives. They try to torment people's lives. They try to overtake people's lives. And just the same way that the Holy Spirit, He is the Holy Spirit, there are unclean spirits. And it's a shame because when you pick up this Bible and really study and and really take your time, um, you'll see that there are spirits of lust. There are spirits of pride. Spirits of anger. There are spirits of confusion. The whole city was in confusion. Why? Because the enemy had caused confusion. The Bible says that there's unclean spirits. And the list goes on and on and on. And a lot of times what you'll see, and I'm going to show you two instances here. You'll see that these, of, these spirits have names based on their function. They have names based on their function. They cause a person to do a certain thing. And this is, their, let me show you this. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's look at verses 6 and 7. This is good. It says in verse, in verse 6. As Apostle Paul is talking to young Timothy. He tells him here. In verse 6. He says, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. He says, for God has, give, has not given us a spirit of what? So there's a spirit whose name is what? Fear. Not all natural, not all fear that you feel coming upon you is just natural fear. Some, sometimes it is a spirit whose name is what? Fear. And it's fear because its name is fear, the Bible says, because this is what his function is. To cause people to be fearful. To not want to get on the plane, to not want to drive in a car, to not want to do this and not let the kids leave the house. And all of a sudden they're always afraid and always afraid. And I want to tell you that sometimes it's not just you. It's a spirit that's trying to impose himself upon you Amen. to get you in agreement with it so that you go down the wrong road. And so I love Apostle Paul because he knew that there was the Holy Spirit was active and alive in his life. But he also knew that there were different spirits that were also trying to impose. And so he tells Timothy, God has not given you a spirit whose name is fear. Don't allow it. Don't allow it. He said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of what? This is what the Holy Spirit, this is what he brings to us. He brings power. He brings love. He brings the soundness of mind. So he's telling us and he's showing us the difference. Let's take it a step further. Let's go to Acts chapter 8. So we see this. Acts chapter 8. And we're going to look at verses 4 on down to 8. Philip the evangelist has just went forth into his ministry. Preaching the word of God powerfully. Saints have been persecuted. But it did not stop the mission. And as they go forth. Philip, he goes forth and he, he has a purpose to effect change in this region. And look what it says in verse 4. It says, Therefore, when those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. He says, for unclean what? So there are spirits who cause people to be unclean. They're unclean spirits. Now, when he's saying unclean spirit, he's talking about all spirits. But we have to understand that this is what the enemy wants to do. Bring uncleanness into our lives. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to counteract, to refute, to buffet, to fight off, to ward off. As we yield to the presence of the Holy Spirit so that we don't invite unclean spirits in our life. We want this Holy Spirit. Amen. He says, for unclean spirits, verse 7, crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed or oppressed and many who were paralyzed and lame he says was healed were healed and this is the key i love this in verse eight he says and there was what great joy in that city when a, when when philip came on the scene with the presence of of god with the presence of the holy spirit operating in his life he confronted unclean spirits, and when he confronted unclean spirits, it liberated people. And when it, when it, when the Holy Spirit liberated people, then the Bible says there was great joy in the city. You want to see joy in a city? Yes. Then we need the power of the Holy Spirit to come forth to drive out unclean spirits, so that people embrace the Holy Spirit of God. And whether we believe it or not, whether we accept it or not, saints, I want you to know it doesn't matter. It's this is real. This is what's going on all around us. Turn on the television. Watch the news. Some of the stuff that we see, it's not just humanity run amok. It's spirits, unclean spirits that are driving people to do things that are wrong. Yeah. And individuals are yielding, giving into, and allowing this stuff into their lives. And we have to stop, put our foot in the ground and say, God, we don't want unclean spirit, Lord, we want the Holy Spirit yeah. to infuse us with his presence that our mind would be sound. That, our, that, our, that our, we'd have power and we'd have the love of God pulsating through our bones, our bones through and through our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Saints, this is what we need. But there's a couple ways. There's, there's five ways that we're going to cultivate uh, communion with the Holy Spirit. And I think this is really, really key. So that when we walk out these doors and even in the church, there's a sensitivity to Him and His Influence in our lives just begins to grow and to grow and to grow. Number one, let's go to John chapter 20. Five ways in which we're going to enjoy and cultivate our communion with the Holy Spirit. John chapter 20, verse 19, on down to 22. It says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were glad uh, when they saw the Lord. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, What? Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. It was the promise. Jesus talked about that he would send the comforter. He talked about that the comforter would come alongside and lead and guide us into all truth. Jesus is raised from the dead. He shows them his, his prince in his hands, in his feet, his side. They see this is the this is the Messiah. And he comes, and he doesn't just come and say, peace be unto you. He comes and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. I'm sending you, and you're going to need him to be in your life. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. He says, if you forgive the sins of many, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of many, he says, they are retained. Saints, we have to realize the influence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this is number one. If I'm going to cultivate and enjoy uh, the communion of the Holy Spirit... Saints, I have to receive the Holy Spirit in my life. I have to receive the Holy Spirit. And let me say this. There's only one way to receive the Holy Spirit in your life, and that's through Jesus Christ. He is the door. He is the one who who releases and authorizes His effect and influence in your life. And so if I want to get free from unclean spirits, if I want to be free and enjoy the Holy Spirit in my life, I have to receive Jesus. Because there's no receiving the Holy Spirit unless I receive Jesus. Jesus came and he said, if you want the Holy Spirit, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. I'm releasing the Holy Spirit. But this did not take place until they were willing to receive him. And so this is the key. I, Lord, I want you in my life. I'm willing to repent of my sins. I'm willing to come to you. I'm willing to embrace your effect in my life. And as a result of that, I expect that the Holy Spirit is coming to me. And he is going to have influence and effect in my life. And so this is number one. I have to receive him. But as I receive him through Jesus Christ, I have to receive him. Let me say it like this. I have to receive him, but not on my terms. But on his terms. Because he's not coming to be your co-pilot. Can I have an amen? He's not coming just to help you out, you know. He's not coming. He's coming to take over. Can I have an amen in here? He's coming to rule, he's coming to govern, he's coming to guide, he's coming to teach you, he's coming to convict you. I have to receive him in my life. Everything that he comes to bring, I have to receive. He wants to bring me joy. I got to receive it. He wants to bring me peace. I have to receive it. I, he also give me long suffering. I have to receive. Patience. But I have to be willing to receive. Can I have an amen? Because some of us won't love joy and peace. But when he said, can I bring some of my patience into your life? Saints, we have to be willing to receive him. This is how we cultivate a communion with the Holy Spirit. Because remember, we're sharing and partnering in something. And I receive him and I'm bringing everything. He says, I don't want you to go ahead and, you know, and, and, and say what you would like to say to that person. Why don't you say what I'd like to say. I have to be willing to receive him. He says, oh, yeah, I, don't, you know, I, I know you're mad at them. Well, why don't you, you mind if you forgive them? Because that would be nice. That would, that's what I would like to do. See, you do. I have to be willing to receive him. Every single aspect of his life, I have to be willing to receive it. Receive him. Allow his access. And yield to his influence in my life. Amen? If I'm not willing to do that, we're not going to have sweet communion. He might ride with us for a little while. Amen? But at some point in time, if we keep wrestling with him over certain areas, we're going to frustrate the grace of God that he's trying to bring into our life. And it's not going to be a pleasant experience walking with the Holy Spirit when you're feeling convicted all the time. So we have to learn to receive him so I can enjoy communion. And it comes when I'm willing to yield and allow what he's trying to do in my life. Amen. Acts chapter 2. Not only do I have to receive him. But in Acts chapter 2 verses 1 on down to 4. And then 33 on down to 39. We're going to see something here. That I think will bless us. I'm going to enjoy and cultivate my communion with the Holy Spirit. When I receive him. But then now. When I'm filled by him. I want to be filled with the Spirit of God. Look what it verse says in verse 1. Of Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all what? Filled. It says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Go down to verse 33. Look what it says over here. He says in verse 33, He says, "Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this, which you now see and what and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens. But he says, but he himself, uh, but he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent, repent, And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the who? Holy Spirit. Spirit. For the promise. For the promise. For the promise is to you and to your children. Amen. Amen. And all to who are far off, as many as our Lord, our God, he says, shall call. And so it is clear the Holy Spirit is poured out in Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4. Apostle Peter stands up and he gives an explanation of this. And so the key here is realizing that when the Spirit of God came, he didn't just dribble on them. He came to fill them in Acts chapter 2. Amen. And for us, this is what we want. If I want to constantly enjoy the communion of the Spirit of God in my life, then I have to ask God to continue to fill me with His Spirit. Lord, I want to be filled with the Spirit of God. I want to have everything that the Spirit of God comes to bring into my life. And I want to be overflowing. I want people to get a glimpse of who you are in and through me. And I don't want it to just be me. I don't want to be in survival mode. I want to thrive in this thing. Amen. I want it to be overflowing. I want to go over the wall with the presence of of the Spirit of God in my life. They were filled. And if you read the book of Acts, they were continually filled. And filled again. And filled again. And filled again. Some of us in this room are running on empty. But you're going to get filled today. <laughs> Can I have an amen? That's why we're here. I want the Holy Spirit to consume me. To consume us. I want people when they get in your presence and say, I don't know what it is about you something different about you. And you can look at them and tell Ebonics that ain't nothing but the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Can I have an amen? This is what we want. We want the Spirit of God to move in our lives and to fill us. And we enjoy communion when we're constantly filled with the Spirit of God. We enjoy our sweet communion with Him. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is number 3. So we receive Him. We're filled by Him. But I think this is one of the keys here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 on down to 14. Verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world... Not the spirit of the world. He says, but the spirit who is from God. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. He says, these things we also speak. We talk about them. We, we, we commune over them and around them. He says, these things we also speak. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches.
1: Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 945 945-